Welcome to The Lamppost in the Woods, the podcast that shines a light on the significance of the greatest stories ever told. From fairy tales to literary classics to the parables of Jesus, these stories have influenced the lives of countless people and still do. Here at The Lamppost in the Woods, we journey through the great books, dramas, poems, and stories to find what they have to say for our lives today. I'm your host, Dinah Koppel, and joining me in this fellowship are Benjamin Koppel, Jennifer Malik, and Evan Zenobia. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2, 2022 Reading Review. So this is the episode in which we talk about what we read in the previous year. Those of us on this podcast, we read a lot for the podcast. We also find at least a little bit of time to read some personal stuff. We've talked about it before amongst ourselves, but last year we read a whole bunch of stuff for the podcast that was very long. I don't know how we decided to do Crime and Punishment and Lord of the Rings and The Historian and all these long books together, but we still managed to have a little bit of time to read other stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about today and give each other some reading recommendations and hopefully give you listeners some reading recommendations. So hopefully you get some good, some good recommendations, some good books to read in 2023 this year. And now normally this is when I would tell you to buckle up because this is your official spoiler warning. However, what we're going to do today is do something a little different and we want to keep most of our reviews today spoiler free. Actually, all of our reviews spoiler free. If we feel like we're going to spoil any part of the plot of these books we're talking about, we'll make sure to mention it. So if you don't want the book spoiled, you can skip ahead a little bit, but we want to give you recommendations and Some of us don't always like the ending spoiled, you know, if you're going to read a book. I don't know. Sometimes I don't always mind the ending being spoiled. I might be in the minority on that, but (laughs) we will not give you spoilers today in uh, this episode. So you guys, let's get into it. I know we've, we've read some good stuff in 2022. So my first question to you guys, and anyone can take this one, what book in 2022 that you read were you the most excited about or were you the most like hyped up for because sometimes there's books like you're waiting for them for a while to come out or you're just super super excited to read a book what book for you was the most anticipated one of 2022 I was waiting for someone to go so I was gonna give I was gonna direct it to someone but I was like no I'll just let anyone say it you know well Evan was like making this face that made it seem like he was about to talk and then and he was off mute too so yes so I was waiting and I didn't want (laughs) to stomp on Evan's shoes or anything (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess I can go ahead. Yes, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> I'll go ahead and answer. Okay. So there there was a book that has been on my want to read list for a re- for a while. And it's a book called The Flight Girls by Noelle Salazar. I believe I pronounced her name correctly, but every single time I would go to the bookstore, it wouldn't be on the shelves. And I'm like, okay. And and you know, you know you can buy it online and everything, but you get the discount at your local bookstores and all of that. So I kept waiting, kept waiting. And then I was in an used bookstore in Hawaii and stumbled upon it for seven bucks. So my waiting was worth it. And it was the last book I read last year. And I really enjoyed it because it's all about the pilots, women pilots of World War II and how they basically transported airplanes across the U.S., fighter fighter pilot planes, so that men could fight overseas. And the whole book, I thought the premise was amazing and the story was really well done. Made me, of course, want to do more research at the end of it. And I really enjoyed it and it was worth the wait. Well, for me, there was a book that I had, uh, it was recommended, I guess you could say it was recommended to me, but it was recommended by a podcast. Like 
I've talked about the podcast all about Agatha a lot. And um, sometimes the, the hosts, they will invite on like a mystery writer to talk about their books. And so they brought on Anthony Horowitz. Don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. He's written a lot of mysteries. He's also written film stuff. He wrote multiple of the Poirot episodes. He's the creator of Foils hmm. War. He's written screenplays, all that stuff too. And so he wrote a book called Magpie Murders. And they were talking about it on the podcast and kind of like we we're doing, trying to be super careful not to give any spoilers. And essentially it's, it's a mystery, but it's almost like two mysteries because it's a book within a book. Like basically there's this mystery. They're trying to solve this, um, this famous mystery writer goes, I don't think, so, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's literally within the first few pages, probably on the back of the book, this famous mystery writer winds up dead. Like he's committed suicide and they're like, what are they going to do? And so that's like the overarching plot of the book. But then they're missing like the last 10 pages of his new mystery. So interspersed mm. in the book is his mystery novel. And reading the like the mystery novel, there's clues about like the mystery of what happened with him. So it's almost like two books that you're getting. But the way the author makes them go together is just really brilliant. Like I absolutely loved it. So that was my most anticipated. Like I couldn't wait to read it. I've been looking, looking forward to reading it. And it fulfilled all of my expectations. Like I loved it and was super happy for it. Hmm. Sounds fun. It was good. Ben or Evan, what about you guys? What was the thing you most anticipated? Anything? Mine's a boring answer because I, I went in us reading the Lord of the Rings this year. It was something that I hadn't visited in probably a decade. And so it's not a flashy answer, but it was something that I, is very familiar to me, but also something that's like you get to experience all the details especially after like a 10 years, you get to experience it in a way that you're like, oh, that's not in the movies. Oh, that's not something that I'm like constantly taking in. There's some little details there that were that were new and fresh to me as if I've been reading it for the first time. So I was, re- I was looking forward to it literally all year in preparation. Don't apologize, Evan. Lord of the Rings is always a good answer. There was I will a... not disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, my book that I was probably the most excited, one of the ones I was excited for was a was a fantasy book, <clears throat> excuse me, a fantasy book that I had on my shelf for a while. It was just so long I hadn't jumped into it yet, but it's a it's a pretty like, like in the fantasy 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 genre, it's a decent a decently big series. It's by Terry Brooks called The Sword of Shannara, and it's the first book in the Shannara Chronicles, the Shannara series. You may have heard of it. Um and I was really, I love fantasy, so I was excited for it. But that was the book you may remember. I, I mentioned it, I, I don't know by name, but I mentioned it in our Lord of the Rings episode, as in it's yeah. basically just a plot for plot, mm. beat for beat rehash of Lord of the Rings. Like, like, ev- like everything. It's like, there's, there's like this little quiet village in this, in this valley. And then there's this big, uh, he's like a mage, I guess, in this, instead of a wizard and he wears a big cloak and he's powerful and he's commanding with a big beard. Um, and he sends this, this guy off on the, they have to run out of the, out of, out of the, the village because they're being chased by this dark creature. And then they meet this ranger who's actually a prince. And then they, it's this whole thing. It's like beat for beat Lord of the Rings. And it wasn't bad huh. because I like Lord of the Rings. I like that stuff. But, yeah. Uh, I was actually disappointed that it was so derivative and it was like, it was a published work that was just so derivative. So yeah, maybe that, maybe that's my answer for, you know, what's, what's 
what was my most disappointed read too? Was that was one of the most disappointing yeah. ones for me? I was excited <laughs> and then was disappointed. I may try the the rest of the books in the series because I've heard they they deviate more. They're not just Lord of the Rings, yeah. so we'll see. Interesting. That's hmm. interesting. Can I give you a, a runner up that doesn't make the list because it, it doesn't exist? It's most anticipated, but it isn't out yet. I have been waiting. There's a Dean Koontz has written a trilogy is writing a trilogy of books, which the first two books came out in 97 and 98, respectively. Oh, wow. So this can be a running gag in the seasons to come in that the third book entitled Ride the Storm has been my most anticipated book literally <laughs> since I think 2001 and it is still not out. He still doesn't have a release date for it. He's still waiting to like recover the rights so that he can publish it. So this oh, may wow. become a running gag. Oh, no. Um, so it's finished. The book is finished. It's, he's, he's, just... like, he's like 75% done, but I don't think he cares to finish it until his publisher regains the rights because I think it was What about his sold. fans? Oh, wow. I think it was That's sold to crazy. like make a movie series or like a TV series and then it was never used. So he oh, literally has to wait wow. until that contract expires and he recovers the rights. And so to this point, the last one was published in 1998 and I have wow. been waiting this entire time for the third and final book in the, in the Moonlight Bay series, Ride the Storm. And it well, is I not it come. Comes, I hope it comes out for you. Evan. <laughs> it has been waiting twenty five yes, years. For this I have book. a similar story, and this was a it was this was a Christian fiction book series that I'd read a long time ago, and it was it was good. It was a historical fiction series, and basically took place in the court of um, Catherine de Medici. Is that you say their name? De Medici in France, and it was about uh, the the French Huguenots and just like the religious persecution that oh. they went through. And a yeah. major theme of the book is. Um, about like them finally getting to read the Bible translated into French and all this. So there was three books in the series and the, the, the writer, you could author tell she, she really worked to make them historically accurate, accurate. Um, and so, so there's three books and at the end of the third book, it said like book four published or coming in. I think at that point it said like 2008 and it was, I waited, it was like a year or two after that. And so I finally, and I never heard anything about the book. So I actually emailed the author and um, she or whoever, you know, emailed me back and was just like, thank you for your interest in the series. That was actually a publishing error for them to say that the book four was coming out. And essentially she said like they, they, um, she didn't get a chance to continue the story. And she, she almost gave me a little blurb about what was going to happen. And so it's wow. almost like I was trying to read between the lines because she was like, I think that this series appealed to more serious Christians because it talks about, it's a lot about persecution and what these people mm. went through. So the vibe wow. that I almost got was like, I wonder if people just weren't interested in it, but it was good. It was deeper and it was dark. Cause like some of the characters, like the stuff they went through, one of the, like it, it, one of the girls, I think I like, got raped and like mm -hmm. this raid that happened, it, like intense stuff happened in these books, but they were really good. So I hope that your experience, Evan is better and your book actually does come out. Like I almost got a little bit of closure because she told me, hey, this is like almost in two sentences. This is how I would have continued the story. Like this is what would have happened. But yeah, so. Anyway. Yeah, another you, story. Need to, you need to email Dean. Yeah, you need to email right Dean. Now. <laughs> right now. Send him well, an like, email. So, I think he actually was quoted in a My podcast and I in, were wanting to know. <laughs> it was like 2020. So that's like he recently was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about three quarters mm -hmm. of the way done. It's not. Mm -hmm. But it would be, wouldn't be as bad if like the last book didn't end on like one of the most like in my mind like just this prolific like cliffhanger of like revelation like one book into a second book building on like who who this like true enemy is who the bat like 
for that all to be revealed. And then you're like, okay, by the way, we're not going to release anything for the next 30 years. So <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> crazy. All right. Well, well as long as we're, t- as long as we're real quick, as long as we're talking ahead, about ahead. these, these sorts of situations, <laughs> I have a similar one um, that I think is more tragic than, than your guys's. Uh, what? And here's the, re- wow. I'll tell you the reason why there is a, there's, it's no secret that I'm a star Wars fan. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to read all of the Star Wars novels and the books that would come out. And there was this mini, not a mini, but there was there was a like a related series of spinoffs about some ver- some minor characters uh, in the Star Wars universe that were super good. I love I love them. They were they were characters I liked. They were very they were entertaining. They were fun, but they were also like had had like mature problems in it like stuff you wouldn't think of in star wars like like family problems <laughs> things like that but like tied in with it, it it was more like a take on like okay what are like the normal people feeling in star wars like what's a normal soldier in star wars who's not like a jedi feeling and the author wrote five it's supposed to be a six book series she got five books into it and Disney bought Star Wars and ended all of the projects and made everything non-canon except for the movies and the TV show. And so her she was let out of her contract basically and the sixth book will never be written because she doesn't have wow. it's, she doesn't have the the rights to it. Wow. And this was the only one that ended on like the sort a sort of a cliffhanger. The other it seemed the other ones was like we're not sure. We're not like she yeah. would write each one and it would end because <laughs> we're not sure where's going to But this one it's like okay, we're sure and it's a cliffhanger and then it was just Oof, some some wow. storylines will never be wrapped up. Um, yeah. Well, there was some tragedy to that. Crazy. Yeah. It, so it can't ever tragedy. be like well, like yours died. I, yeah. like, I don't know if it'll be finished, but hopefully Evans will. Yeah. This one will never be finished. Yeah, we'll pour one out for, for all the books that will never be finished. Oh man. Aww. Oh man. See, this is why I'm an indie <laughs> author. You get more control yes. over these things, right? That's very true. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to a moment of silence for like the death of the books that Dine and Vision everyone get to read. That's so sad. No, no, but no, but Evan, you started to touch on something that I wanted to to delve into because you mentioned rereading Lord of the Rings, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to ask you guys: Was there anything that you reread in 2022, and what was that experience? Was it like liking something more? Did you like it less? What was the experience like? Because one thing I'll say that I reread this year, and I did it just just for fun, but like I. So when I was younger, probably like I think you did, Jen, I loved the Nancy Drew books. I loved them. Mm -hmm. And so, and probably started me in my love for fiction. And so I reread a couple of them. I was like, I want to reread one of these. I want to see like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, are they still good? Whatever. And I read it and like, it's not that I didn't like it, but I was just a little, I was a little disappointed at how trite, I guess it Mm -hmm. was. And looking back when I was like 12 or 13 reading them, or, you know, probably even younger than that, like nine or 10. It was probably all I could handle. But like looking back, I didn't have the same fondness. Like when I reread Narnia or I'm thinking of any other children's books, like I, things I read when I was a kid, Andrew Green Gables, all that stuff. I think it still has a charm. And Nancy mm-hmm. Drew like didn't as much. So my reread experience was a little disappointing. Did Did you reread some of the, her earlier works or later works? It was the, cl- it was the, like the classic ones, if you will oh, okay. say. Yeah, man. Like now the, I'm curious. Yeah, the now, the yellow, now I feel like the yellow yes. Oh yes. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? have some. I have some on my bookshelves from childhood. I kind of yeah. now I'm curious and want to like pick one up to read this year just because. And that's, so well, Nancy Drew is yeah. what made me fall in love with fiction. Like I yes, for sure. literally I would go to Borders and I would get one book to choose and I would always yeah. choose a Nancy Drew book. And then it got to the point where we would go to Borders and I had read all of them. 
And so I would just wait for there to be a new yeah, one. Yeah, for the next one. Yeah. Well, exactly. So I def- yeah. I still have the fondness for them, but like a reread, ex- yeah. reread experience as someone in my 30s is not... Right. It's going to be a little different experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Didn't quite hold up. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else had like a experience like that or you read something again and you absolutely just loved it even more. Well, something, not that I loved it more, but I did reread one of Kate Morton's books so mm-hmm. talking about other books that made me really fall in love with fiction. Kate Morton is why I wanted a big reason why I wanted to become an author because of her writing. Nice. And so as our listeners will come to find out, uh, we are going to be later on doing an episode where the boys read something that Dinah and I picked. And so part Yay. of that process last year was we were trying to decide between a couple books. I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just reread one of them and see if it's something they'd like. Yeah. And I was reading it and I don't know the characters they're they're more they're younger like late teens and so like one of the characters kind of got on my nerves and I don't remember that as much of the last time so you're welcome Evan and Ben I told yes, Anna, you, know, you I don't want to make them read too. this yeah I'm gonna choose something else that they'll probably enjoy more because it was more to me fit for a female audience and it was yes. the secret keeper by Kate Morton but I still love the book right I mean right. the actual mystery itself is phenomenal I just didn't like the characters particularly yeah. one uh but overall I mean and there I is a reason really for that without about Kate Morton yes without giving spoilers there's the reason why one character is super annoying but no yeah I appreciate January reading because I hadn't read that book for a while and I was like yes, all gone that, that was the one I wanted you guys to read so so Jen saved you guys on that one. I did. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> well, on behalf of Evan and all of our male listeners, thank yes. you. Thank you, Jen. But our female our female listeners would definitely love the book. Yes. So I do recommend The Secret Keeper by Kate Morton. And right. it has the, one of the biggest plot twists in yeah. mystery fiction. So For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Anybody else? Any reread experiences that were good or bad? Picture of Dorian Gray, still good. Still great. Still good. Okay, good it. to know. <laughs> that does seem like a very Evan-ish book, is Picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> I just feel like That's even good. seeing the cover of Picture of Dorian Gray, like I could see Evan having a portrait of that, like in his home. Like it just seems something. He probably has one. That's how <laughs> that he, Evan would have. That's how he's able to like get on without with so little sleep and just drink coffee. Portrait of that. Evan Zenobia. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yes. really dark bags under its yeah. eyes. <laughs> I'm writing that story. Yeah, exactly. Get to work on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> Too good. Well, is there anything you guys read that was like a disappointment? Like, what would you say was your biggest disappointment? Or maybe everything you read was just amazing and you didn't have any disappointments. Ooh, man. Well, mine was that book, The. The sort of Shannara. I was I was excited oh, yeah. for it, and it just turned out to be that wasn't the one I was excited for. But then also was disappointed because I thought it was going to be uh, like I thought I thought it would be more just more. Right? And it was long. Yeah. It was a long book, but it was it was somebody else's book already. Right. It's true. It's true. I think Transcendent Kingdom was mine for the entire year. Nothing. Nothing comes close to my disappointment in that book. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I liked it okay, but it was just it. It was one of those things where we talk about like, man, maybe that's what we should have talked about last last time that we recorded and talking about a flop. It's where 
the synopsis of the book is completely mis a misrepresentation of what the book actually is. Right. <laughs> That's which true. is still the which crime and punishment is still that for Evan. <laughs> That's <laughs> always true. the Aww. biggest disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, well, you guys, Transcendent Kingdom ranked out as a bigger disappointment for Evan than Crime and Punishment this wow. year, so or last year, so <laughs> That's saying it's wow. a low bar for Crime and Punishment. It couldn't disappoint me any further. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, you spent too much point. time hating on it. Need to move on to need to move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> something new. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so funny. Well, for me, my biggest disappointment, and I feel a little sad saying this, but I don't know if anyone else has heard of George MacDonald, but he's been someone mm-hmm. I've been wanting to read for a while. He was like, a Scottish writer, minister, but and he but he wrote a lot of like um, modern fantasy, I think is what they what they call fantasy, modern, modern fantasy literature. And he had a very huge impact on C.S. Lewis. I think I haven't read a quote about C.S. Lewis that he said, I've never, something like I've never written a book where I don't quote him or I don't reference George mm-hmm. MacDonald. And so he'd always been, at least for the next last several years, George MacDonald had been on my like aware of, you know, I know I need to read him list. And so at like a, I was at our local like used bookstore and they had like a, you know, in, in the front, they were having like a, a real cheap, like, you know, like a dollar a book, you know, trying to like get rid of inventory. And I found a book by George MacDonald. And to be fair, this was a book that, um, cause some of his stuff was so long and written so long ago that I guess what, what the publishers did was they took. And a lot of it was written almost like in Scottish, or like old Scots language. So they took it and I think probably summarized and maybe rewrote, like rewrote little bits of it so that maybe it made more sense to a modern audience. So I will give that caveat with the book, but it was called The Fisherman's Lady. It was a novel and I read it and I could just not get into it. And I was like, why is everyone raving about George MacDonald? Like the back of the book talking about how wonderful George MacDonald was and how this is such a good book and his books are always so spiritual and all this stuff. And like C.S. Lewis's quote was on there. And I just was so disappointed. Like I didn't really care much about the story. As I got to the very end, it was like, oh, okay. Basically like a guy and a girl fall in love and she's higher than him and, you know, higher, like, like more, more wealthy, rich than him. And how are they going to come together? That type of thing. Um, but yeah, I was just, it just did not hold. Cause I expected it to be amazing just cause everything I've read about him, but I do give the caveat to say it could have been the fact that it was slightly out of context because like the published publisher I know had shortened it and probably summarized and tweaked it. It was still like a, like a decent length novel, but it wasn't pure, like unadulterated George McDonald. So that was right. unfortunately my biggest disappointment, but I'm willing to try him again. So there's that at least. That's interesting because I've also heard that stuff about George McDonald, like he influenced C.S. Lewis and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I actually just, one of my, one of my, Christmas presents to me from Amazon was I got one of his books um, and just got it a couple weeks. So it's in my, one of my stacks and I'm going to try to read it, get to it this year. Um, so I will, uh, I will check that. I'm, I'm interested. I hope that's not the case for all of this stuff because there's such high reviews, but I will say I have read books before that supposedly influenced my favorite authors that I loved. And the book mm. that supposedly influenced them was like, not good at all. Like specifically with C.S. Lewis, I didn't read this book last year, but I read a book. There's a book that had been on my radar for a long time. It was called A Voyage to Arcturus. Um, and supposedly Tolkien loved it. C.S. Lewis loved it and influenced a lot of his writing. And it's one of these like, like, like unknown classic. And so I got it and read it, and it was just the weirdest 
strangest, like boring read. I don't see how I can kind of see how maybe it influenced Lewis a little bit on his space trilogy, but I didn't see it anywhere else or in any Tolkien, some weird spirituality stuff. And it was just like, I, I, I could have not read it and been totally fine. So sometimes maybe our favorite authors are influenced in different ways by what they had back then. So I hope that's not the case of George McDonald though. Yeah. We do need, yeah, we do same, need to talk about him on the podcast sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because the top of my list to read this year, one of them is Fantasious by George MacDonald, which is one mm. of the number one books that C.S. Lewis said had really influenced him. Like he oh. said, his imagination was baptized, like reading that book. So wow. now I'm even all the more curious. <laughs> yeah. And again, it could be the caveat that I mentioned that it just didn't work and you need to read him. Mm-hmm. But this again was a novel and not like I feel like what he's known more maybe is more like the fantasy type stuff, yes, fairy tales. Yes. And this yeah. seemed like it was like a love story, like a what do you call it, Bil- Bilgen's Roman, like you know, a coming of age yeah. type book. So that that could have been it. Maybe it was just the genre, just because I mean we can even talk about C.S. Lewis, like till we have faces mm. versus the other stuff of his that we That's love, true. you know. And it's like yeah, for sure. maybe you need to stay in your lane just a smidge, C.S. and George. <laughs> <laughs> Just write what you know best, yeah, the, you know? The one I got, I think, is The Princess and the Goblin, which is like a fairy tale. Okay. Uh, something like that. So we'll see. TBD. TBD in We'll come back next year, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you guys, did anyone read anything this year that was outside of your normal genre? I know we all have our stuff that we that we tend to stick to. But did you guys read anything that was outside your genre? And what did you think about it? I read a couple books outside my genre. So nice for our listeners. Most of you know that historical fiction is my preferred genre of choice. And this past year, I decided to venture out a little more and actually didn't read much historical fiction and read a few fantasy books. And I was actually pleasantly surprised because I kind of went into it a little on edge, not knowing how I was going to feel about it, especially if it's been written by an author in the last 20 years. <laughs> I even have more hesitancy. But yeah. <laughs> one book that I read, honestly, but one book that I read that was an absolute delight and surprise to me was a book called The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex Harrow. Mm. And I actually read the book in January. But it's it, the reason why it's called. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I know. The reason why it's called The 10,000 Doors of January is because the main character is January. But it's a really fun fantasy novel that takes her through all these different doors that takes her to different worlds. And it becomes kind of a survival story. And it's really, it's a fun read. And if you like fantasy, then I definitely think our listeners would enjoy it. Nice. Anyone else, Ben or Evan, did you guys read anything outside your genre? Or maybe Benjamin, you just I love did. every genre. I, did. I mean, as as you know, as Dinah knows, I've been venturing into the mystery genre past year yes. or so. Um, nice. And it's not that I Her never read mysteries before. Finally... It's, not, it's not that I didn't like mysteries. And I like all books I read to have like some mystery in it, but I'd never really gone to like genre mystery. And so I read yeah. a, a few of them. Uh mostly mostly it's been the most of them I read were, were some Agatha Christie's and 
uh, I think the best of the ones I read last year was Death on the Nile, which is obviously yes. one of her famous ones. So I probably don't have to mm-hmm. tell people why it's awesome, but it was it was really good and it was a beautiful locale and it was interesting to figure out and it was has a nice the twist at the end is nice and like it's a good yeah. re- it's a good reveal. Um, and so I enjoyed that. Like and and I'm hoping that it helps me like with my own writing and stuff better, how to, how to just like, cause how to build characters, how to, how to reveal information. That's probably the most mm. interesting, interesting thing about yeah. mysteries because they wow. know how to reveal yeah, information, true. you know, a, a, a way to keep you, to keep you attached to it. So um, I'm hoping I, I read I, I, this one. I'll just say, cause I read this in January, like the first day of January. So maybe it doesn't count, but then I read, and then they were none by yes. Agatha Christie. Um, and that was, that was one of the ones where I started reading it at like <laughs> eight thirty, And I was like, I'm just going to have to read this whole thing tonight. So I did. <laughs> yes. Um, and stayed up late That's and awesome. uh, knocked the whole thing out. Uh, and it That's was, it was, it was great. It was great. Book, yeah. We'll have to, you, you know, we will, we will have to talk about that uh, book at some point. Somewhat related also <laughs> is the other book that I stayed up all night and read last year. It's also not in my genre, I don't think. I don't really know what to call it, but it was, it's it was the light between oceans. I don't know if you guys have. Yeah, so good. Yeah, That's one that, of my all time well, favorite book. Yes. It, well, it, it's, it's like and Jen recommended it to me, and then I recommended it to you. Or no, I think so Mom recommended welcome. it to you. You're welcome. Yeah. It too, and so I it. It, it's <laughs> actually it's actually doubly not my genre because it's like, yeah, it, it, it's 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 just like it's kind of I know it's kind of a historical fiction, but it's more just like like pop fiction like popular fiction it doesn't really have like a specific genre but then also it's written within the last 10 years and i don't read hardly yeah, anything yeah. in the last 10 years mm-hmm. but when we were reading getting ready for crime and punishment my mom said you should read this because it could be a, it's an interesting exploration of guilt and 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 some of those related concepts so i read it um and it's got the it's got a, a genius prompt basically the, the hook of the yeah. book is that mm-hmm. uh you know, there's a couple and they live out at a lighthouse out island by themselves and they're trying – the wife's trying to get pregnant but she keeps having these miscarriages and one day a baby washes up in a boat so they keep it and say it's theirs and then the mother comes around, the actual mm-hmm. mother. And so it's just – like it, it wasn't it's so good. well written or so enthralling that, or, or I didn't just love the character so much I was into it. But it was just – it was a hook that I had to see how that played out. Yeah. And so I got to a point – I was just like, yeah. you know what? I think maybe I'd started the day before and read a few pages. And then at the next day I got the point, I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta knock this out. So I just sped read through the whole thing. And it was, uh, it's actually in my, t- in my top five that we're going to release here in the next uh, probably a few weeks or, or, or may already be released when the podcast comes out, but I put it in my top five, basically just on that prompt. And it was, it yeah. was, I'm glad I did. It was a good read. It was a good read. And so I'm glad I, I ventured out on that and, and read that one. And that just makes me happy because it just shows like, the journey, I guess, of books or how books are, you know, brought up to people. Because Jen, you recommended that one to me and I read yeah. it and I recommended it to my mom and then my mom read it and mm-hmm. recommended it to Ben, which I just think is fun, you know? Yeah. I it like is that. fun, that ripple effect. And exactly, truly like exactly. a book recommendation can literally introduce you to a book you may have never read before. So right. hopefully that it's will happen so with our podcast like... listeners, you know? Right. <laughs> That's like the origin story of Aquaman, like to a T, which is kind of funny. <laughs> hey, you're you're actually right. For, I think it's just a father who adopts him, but you're right. It is 
basically the story of uh, oh, oh, he oh, pushes up on shore. And then his mother People comes back around for him. and tells him who he is. Oh Evan, you know, pull stuff into pop culture, you know? Like, oh my goodness. Is- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I also, I wish like our listeners could see us on screen because when Evan was acknowledging that, he was like looking up at the ceiling and just having looking this moment. The sky. Yeah. <laughs> it was just too good. That's where I'm gathering my thoughts from. Yeah. The ceiling. They're, beam- oh they're beamed down to me. <laughs> Just revelation, like there's a light <laughs> shining upon you. That's what I need. I need a light off camera that just like illuminates. <laughs> well, maybe one of these days we'll release, vid- I don't know, video episodes. He needs, a little light bulb. he needs a little light bulb emoji you can hit when it goes <laughs> when he gets right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he probably has the capability Evan knows how to do all the fancy tricks on this stuff. But, but to that point though, you guys, like why this was a great example book is a great example but did you read anything this year or last year that was recommended to you and like by a friend or someone and then would you recommend it to other people or or are you like uh no I'm never reading a book that you recommend to me again was there anything that you read last year like that yeah so I read a book that was recommended and actually by this recommendation ended up introducing me to now I would say one of my favorite authors and I read this book called Rules of Civility by Amor Tells and loved it. It kind of gives me a feel very much around the same era of when The Great Gatsby is written. Has a very mm-hmm. similar feel, but not as depressing, I guess you could say. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm on board his, for that then. Yeah. And then I just finished, which is this year, but I just finished A Gentleman in Moscow. And that's going to go on probably my top favorite reads of all time as well. The humor is just, it's so witty. His writing style is so witty. In both of his books that I've read in the last year, I was laughing out loud constantly. I was actually at a coffee shop a couple weeks ago with a friend and I was sitting there reading and she kind of like looked up at me and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just so funny. And she goes, I can tell, like you keep laughing. And so so it's rare for, it's rare for me to read a book where I'm just constantly laughing out loud, but his his writing's so good, and I love the witty humor. So, I would recommend. I've only read two of his books, but I'm sure the rest, I hope, are as good as those two. So, Rules of Civility, and then A Gentleman in Moscow, I read this year, but highly recommend those. And I would have never read it if I hadn't gotten that recommendation. And I actually had seen that she was reading it on Goodreads. That's how I found out. Oh, cool! And so then oh, I nice. asked her how it was, and that's when she told me, you know, I think you'd enjoy it. And so, yeah, there's another way that sometimes you can get good book recommendations. You see what your friends are reading on Goodreads and then exactly. you ask and yeah, so. Well, one that I read last year that was recommended to me, it was actually a coworker and I had had read it together. I have one of my coworkers and we almost have our own little book club too. And so one of these books <laughs> had been recommended to us by a former coworker. So my friend had the book and she's like, hey, do you want to read this book with me? And it's called The Book of Lost Friends. Now, Jen and I read a book a year or so ago called The Book of Lost Names. And this one was called The Book of Lost Friends by Lisa Wingate. And the thing I will, and the reason I want to bring this book up is because I don't know if I thought the story was so incredible, like the the plotting of it, but it introduced me to something new in history that I wasn't really aware of. Mm -hmm. And essentially what it does is it toggles back and forth between two times in history, right after, or right, right during, I think, during and after the Civil War. And then the the modern, I guess, if you will, uh, time frame is during like the 1980s and like the same place. And essentially it's about, and I know this is true, this was true, but 
I guess right after the Civil War, in order to help like former slaves find each other, they had something called the Book of Lost Friends, which is almost like a newspaper that they would distribute and you would pay a little bit of money to like in, enter in it so that they could like disperse it amongst people. And it would just say, like a person would enter their name and list off all the things that they knew about like their family members. And it was how they would try to find each other. And so uh, the, the first half of the book is basically about these people trying to find people and like carrying around this book and trying to like help people find each other, help former slaves find each other. And then the newer book is a, where they're almost like finding out about the story and like uncovering pieces of it. But what was cool is that at the beginning of each chapter, they would include an actual page or an actual like um, article, if you will, or entry in the actual book of Lost Friends. So you would mm. see like how these these people would find each other. And it would just be like, you know, last time I saw this was her last name. This is the plantation she this person lived on. I think this was how old she was. Like any information that someone knew about a friend or a family member. And it would try to, it would help them find each other. So I don't remember a ton, to be honest with you, about the plot of it. But I just remember loving that and thinking it was so interesting. And it was something I never learned about, you know. So that was cool. That was my That was mine. That sounds like, sounds like something read. I'd enjoy. <laughs> it was it, it was good. Yeah, again, like, like anytime really you can read, read something that gives you I just something new in history, you know? And so, cause mm-hmm. that was something I didn't know about, you know, anyone else, any recommendations that you would or would not pass along? <laughs> the into thin air was a recommend recommendation from my father, um, from, from years ago by John Krakauer. And it's, uh, it reads like fiction. I think that's the best way that I can describe it. It's, it's, it really happened. It really nice. happened to the author, but it reads like fiction and it's harrowing and impressive. And I've kind of been on a like mountain climbing disaster kick lately. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. That's cool. You planning on climbing any mountains soon, Evan? No, thank you. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I don't know if you're preparing yourself or. It's <laughs> funny. I don't want to be on writing one of these books in a you know yeah, in a couple of years. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> you're an armchair climber. Fair I enough. talk like an armchair detective. You're an right. armchair mountain climber. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I would do. <laughs> no, but that's interesting, Evan, because that so that was like a nonfiction. Then you said, right? Yes. Yeah. What else did you guys, do you guys read? Because, okay, we talk about a lot of fiction on this podcast, right? But we all do occasionally read nonfiction. So what else? Did you guys read anything this year that was nonfiction that that was a highlight? So I actually read a lot of nonfiction this year. And some of my top favorite reads were nonfiction. And since at the end of this podcast, we're going to say what our favorite read is, I'll save my favorite nonfiction read for that. (laughs) Because my favorite book this year was a nonfiction book. But another book that I read which was really, really good and ties in well with this podcast was a book called When Books Went to War. And mm. it that's where I actually got a little bit of research on why they sent copies of The Great Gatsby to Soldiers during World War II, but then learned so much more and actually how many authors or how many soldiers had written to authors about how they truly thanked them for basically saving their lives in a way because it gave them a touch of humanity. And I think it's just such a good book and really just shows the power that books have in our lives and how fiction really can help save us in a way and can help bring light in some of the darkest moments that we walk through. And you truly see that in the book. And I found it very inspiring and just seeing how, you know, we're years later. And I think in in the same 
same, you know, things that we're going through, you know, we, we all are going through different things and yet books can be a place of refuge for us. And that's what you see in in this story and real accounts from people who were able to just thank the authors and share their experiences during the war of reading these fiction books from anything from Jane Austen to, you know, something like F. Scott Fitzgerald or Shakespeare or just some really fun reads. So yeah, I highly recommend and I feel like anyone would enjoy it, whether you have never read nonfiction or not. Nice. I read um, Band of Brothers which I know I'm behind the the curve on that. Everybody knows it's I mean it's well known as as a great book, and there's the mini series made about it and stuff like that. But I loved it, and it was for those who don't know what Band of Brothers is. It's about uh, a certain airborne division, an elite airborne division from World War II, and their stories uh, fighting in Europe, and it reads just like a novel and there's characters from the beginning who get traced to the end. And it's just, it's, it's this story of triumph and, and, and loss. And there's tragedy when people die and get injured and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I, it's probably number two or number three on my list. It's definitely in my top five this year. I really enjoyed it. And again, I know I'm behind on that one, but if, if you're, if anybody wants to start getting interested in like world war two history or anything like that, it's probably a great place to start. It's easy to read it moves pretty fast and it's interesting all the way through. Um, and I loved it. Nice. Wonderful. My book, my favorite nonfiction book that I read this year was actually world war two ish. And same as you, Benjamin, I'm a little behind the, behind the eight ball. I can't believe it took me this long to read it, but I finally in 2022 read the hiding place, which is um, about Corey Tinboom. And, um, you know, very famous evangelist, but basically they, I think it was, she wrote it, it, she wrote it, it's, I guess it's considered an autobiography. She wrote it, but it's one of those as told to someone else books, but it's in like her words and all that. But if you don't know who she was, her and her family were Dutch watchmakers and they <laughs> helped a whole lot of Jews escape from the Nazis. And she actually was put into a concentration camp. So it's just, I mean, so, some of it is very deep and harsh, the things that they went through. And for one thing, it's, it's convicting just to, to see like how they lived and mm-hmm. the things that they, that they had done, but it was just incredible. And it reads like an absolute thriller. Like I, I read novels about the Holocaust and this, this comes across just as, just as good, you know, or e- even more interesting, but, and, and like the, the crux of it is that it was the, her faith that got her through mm-hmm. the concentration camps and all that. Mm. But, um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a spoiler to say I, maybe it is, but uh, it's a nonfiction book. So I don't, I don't know, but I definitely recommend that one. Again, it's, it's deep. Like I, I actually did this one as an audio book. And so I would listen to it and I couldn't just listen to, I couldn't listen to it in huge chunks. It was one of those that I definitely had to pace myself because it was just, it was just so deep, you know, but it was really good. So that's my, my nonfiction fave for the year by Corey Tin Boom. Now, you guys, what is it that you read? Because, okay, we've talked so far about books that we read that weren't necessarily for the podcast, but we did read a lot of stuff for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So what was your personal favorite thing that we read in 2022 for the podcast? Evan, you already mentioned Lord of the Rings, so I don't know if that was yours, (laughs) but what was your favorite thing you read for the podcast? No, uh, actually, the letters from Father Christmas was Mm. probably my favorite thing. It was something that That I had never... 
I had never experienced. I didn't even know about until it was on our list for the season. Um, and it was, it represented like a reprieve. Like we had done, we had done close to like what, 1500 pages of reading in like a short <laughs> amount of time leading up to that. And then we got mm-hmm. to that and it was just, it was like, a it was really, like I said, it was a reprieve. It was like a little vacation where I was reading something yeah. that I actually <laughs> really enjoyed and I could get done in mm-hmm. a short amount of time. And it was, uh, what I really loved about it was, and we talked about this before on that episode, but the, um, it was the final episode of, of season two. Um, but just the, like the depth of lore through just like some, through very short letters. And again, like our, we're not, none of us are very, are surprised by that, but there was just right. like this huge world that mm-hmm. went beyond what we were given those letters, but it's such good world building in such a small amount of time. Nice. That almost was going to be my favorite pick. Like when I went through, I was like, oh, I don't know which ones to choose. <laughs> <laughs> then which one is yours, Dinah? I, okay, my, I don't think, think it's cheating because it was more like all the stuff we read <laughs> for an episode, but our Beauty and the Beast episode, you guys, I just loved that <laughs> episode. So I just really enjoyed reading all the different Beauty and the Beast stories and not realizing that there were as many as there were. So that would mm-hmm. have to be mine. Um, but yeah, it was all the stories together and I just love that episode. So that, that was probably mine. I, I mean, because in general, I like reading different fairy tales that are like similar to each other, but that was just one that's close to my heart. I think for me, it was a book that also surprised me the most. Mm-hmm. And that was All Quiet on the Western Front. I went into it, I mean, not really knowing what to expect. And I think I shared this on the on the episode two that I was a little nervous because of how terrible catch 22 was (laughs) and going into, I'm like, you know, I don't know, this is another great war novel, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, I read it in one day almost, and it just, there's enough humor in it too. And the characters are really just real, you know? And I think the way that it's written, we talked about it too, how it's written in the present. And so you really mm-hmm. feel like you're there. And also reading a book from the German side. I mean, I've yes. never read a book from the German point of view before. And so all of that mixed into me, it just made it a really interesting read. And I, yeah, I just found myself so surprised at how much I actually enjoyed a novel that is written about a subject that is really, you know, hard sometimes to read about you know reading about war and so yeah I really I really did enjoy it and that completely took me by surprise nice what about you Benjamin well I lucked out big time last season because if you think about it we read the Hobbit the Lord of the Rings and Letters to Father Christmas so three Tolkien books <laughs> Yeah, how did that happen? In, in yeah, he planned season. it, Jen. <laughs> That's true. He planned it out. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. You sneak. I had a great mm-hmm. season. But then on top of that, we read Crime and Punishment, with, which I love. I love yeah. the fairy tale episode where we talk about Beauty and the Beast and those all those fairy tales in that. Um, but all those things I would pretty much read before. And I'd read Gatsby before and I'd read most of those books before. So I'm going to have to second Jen and say All Quiet on the Western Front was, was – was like the the freshest and like the newest thing for me to mm. read because I feel like I read it or at least part of it in some time, like back in school at some point. But when I read it yeah. this time, I couldn't, I didn't remember anything about it really, mm. like, like very little. Um, and 
it was just it, it was new it was fresh like jen said it was written in a different style it was written from a different point of view um and it wasn't necessarily just an such a super enjoyable or fun read but in the end right i just felt good and i was glad that i'd read it and yeah. it was it was for me maybe even counterintuitively it was like the most uplifting thing we read last mm. season mm. i mean i love lord of the rings and all that but i just I, i've read those before i knew it was coming this one it would surprise mm. me at the end of how yeah for a war book how uh, uplifting it was so I think that's probably yeah, the the best agreed. new thing I brought out of last season. Cool, nice. Well, what we're Sorry, gonna do Evan, now. Sorry, my historian was not yeah. on the same yeah. level. <laughs> Poor Evan. Yeah. No, that's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> I enjoyed, I'm glad the Reddit enjoyed the whole process. Yeah, exactly. Quite. Uh, um, what we're gonna try to do, you guys, as we transition <laughs> into our last words, is something hard, and I want us to pick our favorite read of 2022. Okay, so Jen, I'm going to put the question to you first. What was your favorite read of 2022 and why? Okay, so as I alluded to, one my favorite read of 2022 was a nonfiction book. But like some of the nonfiction books that were mentioned earlier in this episode, it read like a complete fiction book. I actually kept, as I was reading it, forgetting that it was a nonfiction book and wow. that book. Yeah. Nice. I literally kept forgetting and I'm like, wait a second. No, this is nonfiction. This is a true story. And yeah. that book is called devotion. And I believe it's by the author, Adam Makos, Makos, um, but phenomenal book. And it actually, the reason I came across it is because the movie devotion came out last year, which is based on the book. Mm. And so I had heard about the movie first, didn't realize that it was based on a book when I found that out, I told myself, well, you have to read the book because I have this rule that I can't see movies until I have read the book first if there is a book mm. that's already out there. And I'm so glad I did um, because it's just – it's a phenomenal read. And it's over 400 pages, and I literally read it. I started it on Saturday and and finished it by Sunday night. Oh, that's wow. how good it was. And as a nonfiction book, usually it takes yeah. me a while to kind of get to the story, but I just could not put it down. And I don't remember the last time I read a book in 24 hours like that. And it, it's just, it's a phenomenal story set during the Korean War. And it's a true story of one of the first African-American pilots and his friendship with one of the other soldiers. And it's just a beautiful friendship and basically his story of everything that he had to endure during that time and the things that he had to face in as he was fighting for his country. And it's just very moving, but also one thing that they left out of the movie, which is very strong in the book, is his faith. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what makes a lot of the book and just seeing these different stories and I mean, you have some of the stories, it's they're in the air, and then you have the other stories of the war that's happening on ground and these different characters. But like like I said, it literally reads like a fiction read. And it's just so well done. I highly, highly recommend it. And I'm so glad I read it. And the movie was also very good, but the book was better. <laughs> so, of course. Of course. So if you plan on seeing the movie, I would highly suggest just reading the book. But yeah, I really, awesome. really enjoyed that. And I mean, it's a book I will reread. And nice. I just, yeah, loved it so One, much. Very inspiring it, too. Like just the faith and his story of, of what led him and got him through things. And to me, I just cool. left feeling uplifted and inspired. And I think 
that's a big reason why we choose to read the books that we do. And we hope that the books that we read are going to leave us feeling inspired and, and encouraged. And I was encouraged in my faith too. So yeah, definitely recommend. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen. Benjamin, what about you? Guys, I had a delightful read in my favorite book last year, and it was called Watership Down. And it's something that you would think I would love. Be, like it, it makes sense. I'd love it when I describe it this way. It was It's an epic adventure story um, with like new cultures and new like heroes and warriors who go on long journeys and fight monsters. And there's evil villains and there's just there's like there's like a new huh. like their own language, all this stuff. Um, the catch is it's about rabbits. All uh, of the characters but, in the book are rabbits. I'm not, I'm not talking like Peter Rabbit with clothes or like the Red Wall books where they, where they wear like armor and swords. I'm talking actual rabbits who don't wear clothes and who just live in the ground and who, who, you know, re eat their own feces and stuff like that. Cause that's what rabbits do. If you didn't know that, uh, Ew. A little education for you there. Um, but it, it's literally like it's the weirdest sounding thing to describe. But it's a book I read a long time ago. I wanted to read it for a while. There was a there was a like an animated movie made in like the 80s that was like a kid's movie and it's and it's like famous for like for like uh scarring children as young children because it's it's so it's dark and it's violent and it's like it's the most, it's like the most weird thing like you could think about, but it was so, I loved it because it was, it was written. It, it's like this guy took this premise with rabbits. He's like, I'm going to go straight on this, make a sci-fi fantasy, but, and I'm going to go hardcore. And it's written like a, like a mature in-depth sci-fi fantasy. And the rabbits have their own mythology and they have, there's like mythological heroes and they compare each other to them and they have to, they, they go through and they fight other rabbits. And supposedly the author like really went in deep on like actual rabbit uh like uh, uh uh behavior and like their physiology and all that stuff and all the things they go through are like things that rabbits actually do but he turned it into this they have like their own language and their own words somehow he turned it into this epic like almost biblical it's like biblical in proportions type adventure story about actual little bunny rabbits who live in England in like the 1940s like it's literally they live in the hillside of England, and so that title "Watership Down" it sounds like a military title, right? Well, mm -hmm. a down, I guess, is another word in England for a hill. And the rabbits go to this hill where they build their little, where they build their their holes in the ground, and they live there. It's, and they call it Watership Down. That's that's what it's about. But there's a villain in it, and his name is General Woundwort. It's 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 <laughs> super epic, and there's like rabbits fighting each other to the death. It's it's really good. I, I loved it. I loved it. It was that was my favorite read for sure. It's again, it's the strangest thing for you to think of, but like the concept. But I highly recommend it to anybody, to anybody who likes books at all. But if you like fantasy or like, or you like epic mythology and stuff like that, read this book. It's great by Richard Adams. Evan okay. is ordering it right now. It's like, mm. <laughs> See, Evan, I think I think you would highly enjoy this book. Mm. Well, for me, I don't know if I will have as glowing recommendations as Jen or Ben because we are going to, this will be like a little precursor for the future because my favorite read of 2022 is actually what Benjamin's favorite read of, read of 2021 was, and that is Shane by Jack Schaefer. And this book can fulfill a lot of the different prompts we talked about today. 
It was a book that was recommended to me. It was a book outside of my genre. It was a book that was really a big surprise. I loved this book and I loved this story. I, mm. I, I can't even put my finger on exactly everything I loved about it, but I, I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Again, it's not really anything I would read. It's, it's a Western about a guy that comes to town and has to like establish order, but it, I, I loved it. I think it just says a lot about life, about love, about people and family, about living well. I just loved it. And I, so I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. We're going to talk to talk about it um, in a podcast episode later this year. So Shane by Jack Schaefer was my fave. What about you, Evan? Finish us off. Um, so it was a close, it was a close tie. Uh, I, I had been looking forward to, um, I don't know if you guys, the movie, the green Knight came out last year. And so I was really intrigued by the Arthurian tale of the green Knight, um, Sir Gawain and the green Knight, And I was really, I loved that, that deal. But I think what won out ultimately was, um, the King in yellow by, Robert Chambers, um, mm-hmm. which is a series of like short stories and vignettes that all share the same, uh, the same themes of kind of this, um, dystopian, uh, future. It's, it's written in, it's written after Poe, um, Poe had passed away and it's like in the late, late 1800s, like 1890s. Um, and it's kind of a dystopian look at like the, the coming 1920s and has this reoccurring theme of, like I said, dystopianism, um, and is set in really unusual places. It's got bits of, bits of terror, bits of, um, I, I don't even know a great way to describe it. It's right up my alley is all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the <laughs> so way be that afraid, everyone be very afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just cautiously. love the <laughs> choice. Yeah. I right. I just love seeing the way that the author is able to take like his style and work in kind of the um the influences of poe with romanticism and things like that but then kind of create his own thing with this this person this unnamed unknown person that is the king in yellow that works its way into all of these stories and they all kind of unite at the end um and i think that's just a really interesting way of of writing something and so uh my favorite thing of the year, again, super weird. I can't say anyone else would even like it, um, but I loved it. <laughs> I may have to read it just because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully everyone, you got good recommendations. I know I've got stuff added to my to my reading list now, too. So my, my never-ending reading list, which those of us that like to read, it feels like your list never, never ever ends, right? <laughs> but thank yes. you guys for joining with us on our journey today and our quest to find true meaning in our favorite stories. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to The Lamppost in the Woods and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our intro and outro music is called Missing Peace, and that was composed and performed by Jacob Koppel. And you can follow us on social media. Jen, where can people do that? You can follow us on Instagram at Lamppost in the Woods, and you're definitely going to want to do that because we will be posting some of the reads that we didn't get to mention today. So all of us Mm -hmm. had a top five favorite reading list from last year. And so for each of us, we're going to be posting that. So you'll get even additional recommendations in, in, yeah, in addition to this episode. So be on the lookout for that. Woohoo. Nice. Great. Well, everyone, we hope you will join us for our next episode. 
and Benjamin, what will we be discussing next time? I know I'm excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Yes, you would be. Um, it is our first. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> it is our first, you know, like like uh, body episode of of the the season where we get into a specific book, and we're going to put a spotlight on a classic we have been referencing in multiple episodes so far. We thought it was time to read it, and that is Pride and Prejudice. So, all of you Anglophiles, um, make sure you listen <laughs> in uh, next yes. episode. We're going to have a great conversation about Jane Austen's classic Pride and Prejudice. Yes, excited for that. Well, everyone, wherever you find yourself on life's journey, we hope and pray that this lamppost in the woods will help guide you to a more hopeful future. We'll see you next time. 